Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome along. Is that even shorter? Uh, I don't know what happened there. For some reason, it's just overrided it. I don't know what's happened there. That's a weird <laughs> one. Um, but yeah, um, I'll have a look at that. That's that's weird because that's just completely shorted out on us. <laughs> Interesting. Um, welcome along, everyone. How are we all doing? Monday night, coronation, bank holiday, weekend, and all. Are you two on speaking terms at the moment, or is it like Facebook status? It's complicated at the moment. Why would we not be on speaking terms? Well, you've got one of you bottling it, and you've got the other you chasing. This is Darchel, Philip. <laughs> uh, Gob just looks lost up there, bless him. Because you've already bottled it. I wish, yeah. <laughs> just, just so you know, with me and Dob, it's always complicated. That will always be the case. <laughs> uh, 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 do, you, do you remember when that Facebook bought that in? It was hilarious, wasn't it? It was either in a relationship or not. And they just randomly bought in, it's complicated. This is what happens when in our intro. That's tough. We end up talking about random stuff like it's complicated. Well, yeah, I, was, I was in the process of sharing links on social. It's been another, another bumper weekend of darts. Plenty going on, boys. It's um never stops, does it? Never. Just want a break. <laughs> it's never happening in this sport, Jack. Never. I don't mean there's a weekend off till July, is it? Somewhere ridiculous. Yeah. Um, hey, but look, it's all good. Um, welcome along, chat room one and all. Um, remember, get involved, make sure you subscribe, drop us a like, and the chat room is without question the best chat room in Dark Boys. I think it might be the only, but it's definitely the best. There <laughs> <laughs> uh, we go. Uh, Tommy is in. Uh, Matt is in, TJ is in from Cleveland, Ohio. How are we doing? Of course, Craig is there. Uh, I'm guessing I'll see you in a couple of weeks in Aberdeen, mate. Uh, Abby Craig is in. A couple of weeks is 10 days away, bro. A couple of weeks, 10 days. What's same thing? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it, it is, James. <laughs> always, James. Always. Uh, how are you doing, it's happening. Where's Dan when I need him as well? I'm convinced we're going to finish third, you know. You're both going to choke. 
Are you talking about like Michael Smith and Derwin Price and Vegeta? That's the only <laughs> title. Is that the only race to the top four you're interested in right now? <laughs> right now, yeah. It's the only one I can talk about with a smile on my face at the minute. Dave's in from New Zealand, of course. Uh, how are we doing? P and Helen, I hope you are good. Loading, it's all good. Yeah, look, he's um, he's back. He's he's not loved up today. Bless him. <laughs> I may have literally left the pub fifteen minutes ago. <laughs> uh, oh, look, big, big Johnny's showing off. He's listening poolside in Crete. Yeah, look, we started something because surely Matt copied as well. God, where's the where's the backwards cap? <laughs> It's become a it's become a thing now, isn't it? <laughs> uh, uh, good to see you, John, as well. Uh, how are we doing, Daniel? Um, look, <laughs> what was it this time, Jack? For that. <laughs> Hair transplant. No, I'm not even hair. I'm not even going hair transplant because it's better condition than both of yours. It's not. It's, it's really not. not. It is. <laughs> Yo, you're ginger. You're completely out of this conversation, mate. Keep telling, keep telling you the future's bright. Future's ginger. You're not. Because nobody's <laughs> going to reproduce with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Let's get it out of the way because everyone's bored of it, but it's it's heating up and, and coming along nicely. The Premier League, the end is in sight, Gob. You can you can chill. The end is in sight. We can now see the O2. Sound. Yeah, cool. Yeah, no. <laughs> he's done a <laughs> review over. Yeah, yeah, he's um he's bashed it that much, he's just like, yeah. Um, just cha bored. um chat room, first of all, what was your overriding impression? Of the Manchester night as a night, I just thought it was all right. It wasn't the worst Premier League night we've had. Look, the arena is good as well, so that always helps. It was. It was just an, another. I'm with you. I don't. I like Manchester, but it's just another Premier League night, isn't it? Um. Yeah. It's. It's one of those ones, and look. Everything could be done and dusted before Aberdeen. Shock. A A Aberdeen potentially could be pointless. Shock. Wasn't it pointless last time? No, not last time. Time four. When was the last time Judgment Night actually meant something? No, the um, night 16 was over after game two, wasn't it? Because it was all on Peter Wright, Joe Cullen. And then the rest yeah. of the night was, was pointless. But... To be fair, it may be that again, the way the fitness has come up, which we'll talk about in a minute. But um, here is how Manchester looked. Uh, Johnny Clayton uh, edged out uh, Peter Wright. Again, not a great game. Uh, Chris Dobie doing what Chris Dobie does in the Premier League, boys. Uh, but this time, he got a win. Um, Michael Smith beat Nathan Aspinall. And then this was a great game. And we didn't see this one coming particularly, but Michael Van Gogh produced the performance to beat Gerwin Price Boys. Who didn't see that one coming? Sorry. Most people didn't see it coming. <laughs> uh, to, 
Um, but no, 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 that that was the game of the night by by a long way. In terms of both players, the performance of the night we'll come on to in a minute. But in terms of game of the night, that was it was it was good. It's what we expect from these two. Yes, it doesn't always deliver to that level, but current form is what we expect when MVG and Price go head to head. Um, it's and it delivered on that front. We just hope, I guess, it delivers on that front. So then, if we see that as the final outcome in a few weeks' time, yeah. Um, semi finals, uh, Johnny Clayton edged out Christobi 6 3. Uh, Michael Smith beat Michael Van Gogh despite quite a gap in the averages. But Bully Boy did enough when it mattered. And then in the final, look. Just look at the numbers, boys. No matter how you dress it up, that is an absolute stunning performance from Michael Smith. The fact Clayton got three legs is is fair play to the man because yeah. Michael Smith at times was totally untouchable. I mean, should have potentially had back-to-back nine darters. He was that good. It was just a magnet in that treble 20. Um, but... Every, every dart player at this level is capable of that. It's just how often they produce it. That's the difference. There isn't a single target on a dartboard that the pros can hit that we can't hit. It's how consistently and, and frequently they can produce that under pressure. And we're seeing that more and more and more from Michael Smith recently. Once he gets himself in the right frame of mind, the right groove, gets his focus on, there are times when he is just unplayable. Yeah. Uh James says, yeah, yeah, that MVG had chances to beat Smith. And what we saw from Michael Smith in the first two games, we didn't see that performance in the final coming because he was below par in his first two games. Don't get me wrong, 90-plus average is obviously very good for us mere mortals. But in terms of the top, those performances were substandard for for their level. Yeah, without doubt, I think... There's an expectation there with Michael Smith, especially over what he'd done the back end of last year and the start of this one. Haven't seen it so much. And the break seems to have done him very, very good. And um, we talked about how important the break is. Has he timed this one right? I guess the answer to that will be more in a couple of weeks' time than winning a Premier League night or a couple of Premier League nights. Um, but it's the Michael Smith everyone loves to see, what we saw against Johnny Clayton, but no way did was that predicted after the opening two games. Um, but it certainly made it very, very interesting because more for um, MVG and Price, because for me, how Smith's playing, and I know forming the Premier League can switch very quickly, but you do not want to finish second at the moment. It's, it's interesting. We'll, we'll talk on that in a minute. Uh, I've highlighted this one. Yeah, uh, Nathan's walk-on was great again. He was quite clever. Yeah. He had the intro to I don't I don't know what the song was, as in what it was, but um, a local band to here, Manchester band called the Blossoms, that he's mates with. He had t- their intro into Mr. Brightside, which 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 works well. We've seen players be very clever about venues, and obviously I know this is home for Nathan, but we've seen players be very clever with when they're at certain venues and making sure they've got the right war tunnel. Probably what Dolby's the only one who's been backed by the PDC, but the rest who are having to think outside the box, i.e. Derwin Price and now Nathan Aspinall doing it this week in Manchester. Well, I, I was about to say that, that since the flags in Newcastle, that no other home yeah. player has had anything, Gob. 
Oh, imagine my surprise. <laughs> if, if you're one of the others in that practice room, are you a little bit pissed? Was Aspinall not was Aspinall not at Old Trafford with Dalby like switching it round? <laughs> Dob, the, Dob, the floor's all yours, mate. Which is stupid, isn't it? It's been stupid since day one. I've got a behind-the-scenes documentary, and the only thing that we saw an added effort on stage was for Chris Dobie. You want to do all this stuff backstage and produce your in-house documentary so that the PDC, so that Netflix or someone chuck you a shitload of cash for a full behind-the-scenes tour. Fair play. Like, branch out, get some coin in. Don't worry about it. But for one player, that's just not on. Especially as it goes against your rules of football shirts or branding for your fans. Apart from in Amsterdam, where, oh yeah, just wear your, your national football kits. No. I know they had Belgium shirts in the Euro Tour this weekend as well. Mom, can wear an England shirt next time? <laughs> yeah. If I rock up with a God Save the King t shirt, do you reckon they'd kick me out? Because Primark had a shitload of them, the scumbags. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, we've done it, haven't we? We, we, we? We've set him off. So here's how the, the table looks. The, the top three are done and dusted. They cannot be caught. They are going to the O2 mathematically. And then it's all barring... Actually, I don't think Dobie can qualify, can he? No, it's literally between Clayton and Aspinall. Yeah, because they play each other on the... If, if Aspinall and Clayton weren't playing each other in Sheffield, yeah. Dobie could potentially win both and maybe, but yeah. Um, what are we saying right now? The current form, Johnny Clayton has perhaps timed his run to perfection, boys. You wouldn't say that he was poor to start the first few weeks, but given where he's come from and given the fixture next week and that Aspinall plays um, Gerwin Price to open and Clayton gets a shot at Vandenberg, you expect it to be advantage Clayton heading into that final week. And it's all about how much further can Clayton take advantage of that, knowing that that's going to be the game in Aberdeen, that just, well, not the game that decides it, potentially. What... What you'll be looking at if you're one of these two is building up a lead this week so that the result next week might mean something, but actually they've then got to go on and get more results as well. So you've got that safety cushion. If you do lose that decider next week, Not say say Johnny makes a final this week and picks up, what, three points. Aspinall loses first round. Next week, that match is only worth two points when they meet. You want to make sure that they've got to go above and beyond you, even if they beat you. And whilst it's in your own hands, Having that safety net will be massive for one of these two. With also the lead difference in Clayton's favour, the draw as well you've mentioned. The the interest for me will be if Aspinall beats Price. Just yeah. the pressure on Johnny Clayton on that day is, is then ridiculous. Yeah. Johnny Clayton, if if Aspinall loses, Clayton just knows I've got to win one of two. Yes, mm -hmm. you don't want that pressure next week, but that then could put me in a great position uh, where yeah. if, if Price lets over the line, it's, I think it's a bit of relaxation for Johnny Clayton. Well, look, we're, we're spinning it as a negative that he's got price, but if for whatever reason 
Aspinall fired. He gets past it. He's got Dobie all right. And he's, that's, about, that's what I was about to that's say. That's where we put Clayton last week and we're like, your favourite yeah. to make the final. Like, yeah. it's a big opening match. It's not Dimitri last week or yeah. whoever it was for Johnny. Who was it? Peter Wright and then the winner of Dobie or Dimmy. That yeah. match against to open, knowing there's a lot of pressure on it, Sheffield, one, two weeks to go, with the way that Aspinall's action is playing at the minute, it's a huge game. It's arguably already the biggest game of his season. Yeah? Yeah, down this way. Um, but, yeah, it will I also, be... I don't think we can rule out how significant Van Gogh and Smith is. Because look, Van Gerwen looked pretty sharp at the Orator again this weekend. Averaged over 100 for the entire duration to pick up the title. Spoiler alert. Gezi's back playing well. Michael Smith's won, what, three on the spin? Or picked up his third title? Third, third. He's gone back to back. Three on the spin and won three events so far this season. One of those three is going to finish top. And at the minute, it's advantage Gezi. But a win this week for Smith or whoever puts it right back in sharp next week. It does, but the only thing I don't think they catch Gazi at the top. It depends on that Aspinall result, doesn't it? You uh, Gerwin Price is heavy favourite to come through the top half of the draw this week and make the final. Correct. And if he does so, only I don't know, what would that put him on? Thirty six to be five clear of Van Gerwen. So if Van Gerwen loses that match, Smith would have to go on to win it. Yeah. I, I just think if Gezi touching distance, I, I I just think that it will be Gezi against Johnny, Michael against Michael at the O2. I, I I genuinely think the way it looks now, that will be the lineup, and who they're playing. I think Smith, Van Gerwen is massive for that. If I don't even know where I'm trying to go with this. I still think there's a chance. I'm, I'm more likely to agree that Michael Smith finishes top than I am Van Gogh right now, despite the fact Smith is three points behind. But only if he beats Van Gogh this week. If he beats Van Gogh in game one, he's favourite to make the final. <coughs> he is, but I don't think Michael Smith can make up five points over two weeks to dethrone Gezi at the top. No, neither do I. I think he can finish second, but I don't think Michael Smith can make up five points to go in price. I think he can on the basis that the way that we were talking about that fourth v fifth game, picking up points this week and then next week, the person from fifth might have to win two games. They would run into Gezi Price. Price 1v8. So not only would Price then be shooting to finish top and defend that, 4v5 might need to get extra points to qualify. So that game becomes massive. 2v7 and 3v6, the entire half of that draw are effectively dead rubbers. I, I, I get that, but I still don't think the way it goes that he makes up five points. Because... Premier League, he's just, looked, just found a way to win, hasn't it? Yeah, and, and the fact that they're going to be in opposite halves both weeks. So Michael Smith cannot take going price out early. Correct. That, that's the issue. 
that he hasn't got the opportunity to take him out and stop him getting no, points. That's what I'm saying. Next week, there is the opportunity that Price falls early if he goes into next week as number one, because fourth v fifth will have something to play for. They he might need the extra points in that semi final. He still beats Peter Wright and gets two points on the board. Yeah. Yeah. Look, if, if he goes back to back final, what gets him? Back to back finals secures Price. He needs six points. I'm not. I'm not convinced. Over Smith, he's only two points to go. Van Gerwen. I, I know mathematically he can, but I'm not convinced he can. I'm not convinced he does it. I'm really not. No, I, I was talking. I was talking. You completely ignore Van Gerwen because I said I had a preference towards Smith finishing top. Van Gerwen's only two points behind him. That's a that that's a different equation because the likelihood is, well, both weeks, Gezi and. Van Gerwen could meet in the final. So that two points is easier to overcome. But the other thing is, is Gezi has that added bonus and protection of at the moment having won an extra night. Because that's the first criteria to, that can backs on. It's nightly wins. At the moment, one more win, which one of them needs That's to get. I said, I, said, I said, at the moment, he has that in the locker. Yeah. Um, There's also a huge buffer of lead difference between the top two and Smith, which I think allows that opportunity of MVG toppling Desi, but not Smythe or Smith. That's a huge lead difference turnaround. Yes, Smythe or Smith would have to win both nights, so that would direct the equation, but. If you're winning six games from here, you've got a chance to do that. Um, uh, yes, Bob, there should be a bonus for finishing top. I'm glad uh, it's gone this way because at one point we just thought Van Gogh was going to run away with it some price and actually having this at the top does make Aberdeen that little bit more <coughs> something to play for. Potentially. Because right get... now, playing first in a semi-final against a Johnny Clayton who's a little or, or Aspinall, who's a little bit hit and miss over a longer format, plus then a rest while the other two absolutely go at each other, is preferential for me going on to win a quarter of a million pounds. To be fair, though, you say Aberdeen may have a bearing. If Gezi goes and wins in Sheffield, it's irrelevant. Yeah. So Aberdeen may not have a bearing Yeah. And overall, the amount I care about this tournament is irrelevant, but we're discussing it anyway. <laughs> it's because you'll listen to the players. It's the second biggest tournament in the calendar. Shut up, you arse licker. Just, just what they say. That's what, that's what I'm telling you. Um, right, we've got a couple of clips to play. Um, we've got Dobes and Buddy Boy. So we'll go with Dobes first. Yeah, well, that's part of the game. Obviously, you expect you're playing the best players in the world week in, week out. You expect to to be pushing them or, or giving them a game. And I'm doing that week in, week out. I'm looming 105, 106 averages, you know. It's, it is depressing at times, but my game's there. I'm showing that I'm, I'm pushing the best and I'm living with the best. I'm, I'm just not getting the results. And like I say, this, this year here, this Premier League is all about experiences and, and learning and from that. And I'll take this in and it'll make us stronger, hungrier to be back here. And I believe I will be back one day. 
the Premier League can be a lonely place if, if you did it. Have you spoken to other players that have been in the same situation that they haven't won games and, and things like that across the, the 14 nights? Um, obviously, I know obviously it does I want it, but then you had that bad run. Obviously, everybody goes through it and you kind of... You've got to believe in your own ability. You've got got to believe that you're you're capable of getting yourself out of them dark dark times and big holes. You know, obviously Web, Webby had it. Uh, yeah, he he was there. But let like us say I, I believe that I, I'm still in this. And obviously, big game next week against Peter. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoy. I've enjoyed my time here. And obviously, I'm, it's I'm not over yet. It's not over. It's interesting listening to to him talk, boys, about that. Yes, look, I'm playing well, and you can you can tell by his voice he it is obviously playing on his mind a little bit. The fact he has given it everything and run into performances. Interested to see how the rest of the year is for Dobes after the Premier League. I think the key for me is his performances haven't dropped. That there isn't any disheartening. He's still speaking the same way that he came into this. He's still got a positive enough outlook. I think in the past, when we've seen players have a struggle or have terrible campaigns, their mannerisms change, the way that they are in the interviews, the, the whole presence on stage, etc. You can see the shoulders down. You know when a football team goes behind and suddenly the shoulders are slumped? <laughs> There's none of that from Dobie. He's still at the hockey. With it, you... It looks exactly the same as it winning the Masters. Yeah. I'd go with that. He's told then... he'd make a great poker player because he looks absolutely the same as he did winning that trophy, as he does having won as few games he has in the Premier League so far. Yeah. And then we'll go with Bully Boy. Yeah, I think I proved it before. If I'm in that mood, no one can touch me. And I proved that before. I can literally go 180, 180, 180 every single time. And as long as I'm not in 9s, I'm leaving double after 9 every single time. And yeah, I just wish it come more often. But that's that. You can't. It doesn't happen all the time. If it did happen all the time, I'd win every single event. And Michael would, Gez would, happen all the time, but it just doesn't. It only happens when the game beat. <laughs> you have the perfect excuse. It's like you've been in Rotterdam, you know it's going to be wind. It's, it might have happened, but when you're in the zone, you don't see it. And I played bad against Michael. I didn't play what I can do, but I'd never seen it once. But if it did happen, it was only happening when he was throwing, not when I was throwing. I love the confidence of Bully Boy right now. Yeah, because there was a time when he was the moaner, when he had the excuses and, and everything else like that, and he's, he seems to have come up. There's, there's just a maturity about Bully Boy, and there has been since before he won the Grand Slam last year. I, I don't know what changed in him. Winning? I, I'm not sure. I think he's done before that. Well, well before that. It was before think, the win, is what I'm saying. The change yeah. in Bully Boy happened before he picked up that yeah. title. He made so many finals last year, kept coming back at him. We're like, mm, is that really how he's feeling, etc.? Lost in God knows elsewhere. Something just seemed to click for him, and I don't know what. Yeah. Um, on this one, this has been a theme on social media as well. And look, this isn't the PDC's fault by the way, but the beer prices in venues right now are just scandalous. Yeah. Full stop. That is nothing short of diabolical. Yeah. What was it in 
Newcastle is nine pound a pint. What was it in Nottingham? Eight. Yeah. Newcastle was nine pound a pint. Yeah, it's venues just need to get a reality check, don't they? There is no way of enforcing that. You're a captured market. Yeah, yeah, you're in there, so you've you've got yeah. a buy. Oh yeah, completely. I don't see it changing. I only see it increasing, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Nothing you can do about it. Oh yeah, it's just. But yeah, for me, it drove it complete. I'd like to say, I thought nothing about it. It one hundred percent is going to drive the run behaviours. You see this at like football rounds with people not being able to drink. All people are then doing is going out hours before the event to not spend as much at the event. But are in a, a lot worse state by the time of arrival. Yeah. Oh yeah, completely. Um, and to be fair, that is happening in the darts as well because you see some of them queuing up and they're already smashed. But it's it's down you to pay the prices, isn't it? And even Johnny just said, I don't. I literally don't know why people pay it because you're captured there. You're not going there sober, are you? But I think that's part of the crowd issue because people are tanking up before because it is so expensive. A couple more in there to top up. It's ridiculous. It's a lot easier to manage people as they're getting drunk rather than rocking up steaming already. Yeah. Yes, Pete. (laughs) Are you you all right, mate? Have you had a bad bank holiday? To be fair, though, the worst bit is, when we'll touch on this later on, they were singing that at at the Super Series at the weekend as well. It was like, go and kick them out now, immediately. Get rid of them. Throw your ginger and walk around in flip-flops. Leave them alone. What's your point? You are a worse person. (laughs) I I don't see the issue with it. Look, oh, yeah, 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 co-wrote a football song. What do we expect people to sing? Because if a crowd or arena's dead, you'll kill them for it. There are only so many songs that darts fans know. It's not like a football fan base where you get behind people or someone will post it on a fan blog or social media or, or whatever like that. Right? There's only so many players, only so many songs that are out there at the minute. There is only so many songs there has ever been. But if they sing Stand Up If You Love The Darts, it's boring because they've done it for... 20 plus years, boring tables or can't afford a table or feed the stands, or oh, that's dead. Yeah, but the song should have some relevance to the sport you're watching. It's like, 100%. It's like me going to watch Liverpool and singing Jerusalem because I'm a cricket fan. Brilliant. It's got no relevance to football. You're more likely to get that song than you are God Save the King at Anfield, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, yeah, I've got my own opinion on that, but <laughs> um, yeah, look, it had, the, the, the songs and chants have to have relevance to the sport you're watching. And well, Yaya you, and Kylo have a song out. list and send it out, hand them out in the queues. Go on. It either has to have relevance, or it has to be uh, like the, the national songs. I don't mind the the football relevant one made no sense at all. People um, getting torn off for singing Don't Take Me Home when they're pissed up. That's literally the semblance of the song. Um, Joel, so it all started, what, what it was what, 2012-ish? 
around when, that. Around 2012, when that song came out, and it was just popular at the time, and Pissed Up Idiots started singing it. And it just no, Free From Desire was absolutely fucking everywhere when Gala made a comeback. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it was just one of them. Um, it was a trend that never disappeared. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, but that was Manchester. Um, right, just waiting for Scott. Come on, Scotty Dog. Can we talk we'll about run. Manchester in another sport, please? Not on a dart show, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. We won't talk about the game itself. But look, too many sportsmen get hammered for ignoring things. But how good was that Declan Rice video yesterday? Eyes mustard. Unreal. Masterclass on the pitch, and then another one off the pitch. It was just. It was just brilliant, wasn't it? The video was everything before it wasn't. (laughs) <laughs> we move on <laughs> um, right well, um, we'll we'll carry on and when Scott gets here we'll we'll break and carry on um, from there we went to the Euro Tour in Belgium and first of all how amazing were the crowds that we're getting to a point now we've seen it in a few in Germany Holland and Belgium we're getting decent numbers on a Friday afternoon now the, the tide is turning it's what we've needed, really. It's one of the things that the Euro Tour's missed, I guess. There's so much done about the Euro Tour, whether it be from a TV perspective, new handles, the tour itself in general just produces high quality. One of the things it's always lacked is a, a very good crowd on a Friday. The amount of times that you're watching in the hall and there's, what, 50, 200 people in there or you can hear someone's phone or something very, very quiet going off. Um that's something that the Euro Tour has missed and it, it looks like um, it's starting to produce and it certainly did this weekend. Uh, yeah. Is this a tour thing though or is this just the last two events? Uh, no, because Risa was, was decent on the Friday afternoon. It wasn't as in the, the same, but it was it, it, it was all right. Um, right, we'll, we'll come back to the Euro Tour and we'll talk about the World Cup because there is a race on... As we speak, but without further ado, the man himself is here, and a very, very warm welcome to the one, the only, Mr. Scott Mitchell. How are we going, guys? Good. Good, mate. How are you? Absolutely brilliant, mate. Absolutely brilliant. It's been a busy day. Been doing me motor stuff this morning. Then got home out to lasso a cow because I had a bad eye, so that was good. And strap it to me quad. And then, uh, yeah, doing a few speedway write-ups for some comms I'm doing on Wednesday. And uh, yeah, as a racing car driver. <laughs> Indeed, I was I'm sat on it. It was all right. It didn't go over. It's been it's been a mental ten days for you, Scott. Super Series comms, Challenge Tour, back to comms today. Busy, busy man right now. Yeah, yeah, I love I love being busy. You know. Can you remove that Scotty Dog Mitchell bit there? Because it's blocking out Pete's sponsor. (laughs) (laughs) I know he's on and he's in a bad mood. It's not good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Pete's a legend. He he loves it. He can see it. Um, Yeah, first of all, um, yourself, final on on the Challenge Tour. 
you've obviously just changed manufacturers, so you're in that in-between stage of, of changing equipment and everything like that. So based on that, how happy were you with the, the weekend's work? Um, yeah, really happy with the weekend's work. You know, I, I did the seniors a couple of weeks ago with, with the new barrels and stuff, and they didn't quite work. So um, we've sort of... Uh, we're in process of making a, a, a prototype two and three. So hopefully that will sort those problems. And then, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was uh, good at the weekend. I found, found, I think I found a bit of form and, and like you say, the older you get, you, you know, you don't get so worried about it. So if you have a bad weekend, you throw it away and, and you know, the next one's a new start sort of thing. On the, the challenge. So obviously you, you've been there and you know what it takes to, to do well on that challenge tour. Do you, do you feel that obviously you didn't want to go back there, but stepping back into that environment, the experience you've had, do you think that puts you in good stead? Well, it, it didn't do me a wrong. And last time I was there, you know, it, it was, uh, I found myself top after a week and then, then COVID hit. So, uh, you know, it got me lots of opportunity to, to get into the pro tours, which uh, then just, just absolutely, made me even hungrier to be back in in a pro tour and, and i got my card so uh you know first year i flew the second year i i don't know what happened i think there's a hole in the nest i fell out the bottom i don't know what happened i heard you talking to paul nicholson about this and it, it's been a very topical conversation right now but for a man that's been in that environment and we've spoken about it the, the euro tour how important is this for you tour card holders in terms of keeping cards qualifying for tournaments, is that the be all and end all now? It, look, it kind of is, I think. I think the Euros have become so important that, you know, that, that extra £1,000 for qualifying, and with there being, I'm not even sure how many there are because I've never even qualified for one. So, um, oh, but, but that was the problem. But if, if you can qualify for sort of a quarter of them and, and you think I missed the card by about four grand, I missed the cut. It, and not qualifying for one of those was 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 horrible. And of course, you've got the other scenario where players are going to the Euro Tours and then pulling out the Pro Tours and allowing Challenge Tour players to then come in. And of course, you're on, you're, you're under pressure to try and even get money in your own tour from from people that probably aren't on it full time. So it, it, it was it's it's a double end sword. But of course, if I'm in the middle there and I'm picking up money, I don't worry about it, do I? It's, it's not a it's not a thing to worry about. So um, maybe I was thinking wrong on that while I was there in the second year. But I, I think the biggest problem for me in the second year was I missed some because of COVID, and I actually got COVID and 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 missed I think four four um, pro tours, and and then I just felt that I was chasing for the rest of the year really. You going, boys? What? Let's talk form at the minute. So, I was in Reading with you. You know, you've, you've changed barrels. You played Super Series. You played seniors a couple of times now as well. Are you? You went into the World Championships as, as one of the favourites at the Circus Tavern. Are you surprised by your lack of, I don't know, winning or, or success recently? Um, no, not really. I'm not. It's just. When, you're, when your confidence is a little bit low, it doesn't matter. I could be throwing MVG's darts. I could be playing pairs with MVG. If my confidence is low, the, the bigger the thing that you go to and the more times that you're made the favourite, that's pressure enough without not having a lot of confidence or having just lost your tour card. So so for me, I, I, I hadn't lost my tour card for about 
is it three weeks or something, two and a half weeks? I'd lost it before. So, and then and then come out of Q school and a disappointment of, of missing by two points again of, of retaining my card. So that was disappointing as well. It, it just came at the wrong time, really. I thought, to be honest, you know, the Peter game I absolutely loved. I still will always have that in my memory as one of my favourite stage games ever. Um, when you were Peter Manley, it was a circus tavern. Who didn't know that was coming? I mean, I, I knew it was coming, you know, four, four and a half hours in the practice room and I heard every treble 20 hit, every bullseye that he hit, save that one, save that one. And he's not even talking to you. He's just talking <laughs> loud enough to himself that he's getting in your ear hole. It's, it's just classic Peter. And, and I loved every minute of it. And I thought when I played Robert, I played really well. I had a couple of chances in the first two sets to sort of, to have them, and I missed them. And and you know, when confidence is low, you miss them. When when your confidence is sky high, you hit them. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed because I thought I want I wanted to go deeper in the tournament, and then obviously maybe get get selected to a few others. But that hasn't happened, and and quite rightly so. I didn't do enough. What since since February starts? Just relaying back to that day with Peter Manley. How many times have you played that first set through your head? Never mind the rest of the day. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's, it's one of those really i mean it was it was uh yeah yeah i actually saw peter at the challenge tours this week and i was on the practice board and i shouted across hey pete is it my throw <laughs> <laughs> and he just stood there laughing at me it'll never get i mean everybody's saying it to me i'm walking around it's going to be a new catchphrase for me it's your throw scotty <laughs> okay yeah cool great whatever you know for the for the first two or three weeks it didn't matter whether it was a monday night a wednesday night local league I was going, you're fro Scotty, you're fro Scotty. I was getting it all every which way. <laughs> I want to go back to, you, you said you're low on confidence. What's caused that? Was it just losing your tour card? Was it the chase of trying to keep that for 12 months? Because look, you've won world championships, you've, you've played for England, you've done all sorts in the game. It doesn't seem like that's something that we'd expect from you. No, no, absolutely not. And I don't think in... Probably the 14 years I've been a frontline player in on the TV and what have you. I don't think I've ever had anything like it happen to me before. Yeah, I've had lows and, you know, you lose a county game and you, you sort it out in a month's time and everything else is OK. It's just that particular whatever is troubling you. You know, wherever you go on Monday, the Wednesday, it's no problem, you know, but a county game that you lose is problem. So I think with this one, I think it was the, the massive disappointment and I convinced myself that, I kind of let my sponsors down. I'd, I'd let myself down. I'd, I'd let my family down because the time that the family put in here at home to allow me and enable me to be away, um, I think is second to none. I don't think, I don't, I really don't think there's another dart player that has the commitment from their family that I have. And that's the honest truth. Yeah. You might have your wife, you know, and everything else, but it's not, it's not just the wife for me. It's, it's, it's my kids. It's my uncle that lives up the road. It's a, it's my friends. My best friends are come and help and make sure that I can keep coming away if something's on. It, it, I, I really can't explain to you how how so how how brilliant and how lucky I am to have that. So then when you know you go and disappoint and you and you go to a world championships like Ali Pali and all the hype that goes with it and your first time and you and you absolutely make a pig's ear of it. It really does. You really do suffer. And I think probably that that whole second year, that was probably, if I look back, was where my problem started, losing that game to Lamb with 
with having so many darts at a double and losing three sets to nil. And of course, we look at Lamb and now it's made him. So he's, he's gone from strength to strength at that point. So, you know, and, and, and that's happened to me as well. You know, I've beaten people and they've not gone on and I have, you know. So it, you, you'd be a bit harsh to, to sort of be too hard on yourself. But I think inside there's a, there's a different pressure for me from myself. It's only myself that put it on me. It's not my family or my friends that help. They, they would still continue to do it. But for me, it's, it's what I expect of me for them. I like that. Is that a different pressure in the PDC environment and where everything's available so much and there's just so much more darts than perhaps the old BDO or the, or the WDF system that you made your name in? No, I think I think I think there's probably more darts outside the PDC. If I'm honest, I was I was good, you know, because I wasn't qualifying for Euros and things. I was going weeks on end with nothing, and then of course I was a little bit restricted of where I could go and where I couldn't go because of holding a tour card. Obviously, then things like the Modus League were shut to me and and, and things like that. So it, it kind of, I found, particularly in the second year, I found that the big blocks of, of not having any darts pretty difficult because I'm one of those that if I've not got the darts to look forward to, then I tend not to put so many hours in on the board and I tend to, to work the hours on the farm to try and make life easier for my family when I am away. So, so, and, and try and do everything I can beforehand. So, you know, I'm in a very difficult situation, a different situation. It's not difficult. It's a different situation to most other players, but I absolutely love the fact that I'm, I'm doing it and I'm, and I really enjoy it. It's an interesting point you said there, Scotty, about being able to play more. Cause we saw a point at the weekend as well that someone brought up. I can't remember who it was. My apologies on Twitter, but they said about David Evans and Scott Williams, the fact that they went, I've done great things playing on the Challenge Tour and then played really well to get into events. But once you've got that card, you're starved of regular darts where when you haven't, you can go and play in absolutely everything. And you touched on it there. Is that a big thing for a player that if you have got a card, there isn't the avenues to keep yourself match sharp during periods of the season? Well, yeah, I agree. And I, and I think this is what I'm, I'm, I'm sort of going back to. The guys that were doing Challenge Tour and the Pro Tours, they'd had, they'd had a Challenge Tour in between the last two Pro Tours or even the younger guys under 25 had had the development tour. So some of them had paid like three weeks on the trot and then gone back to the Pro Tour. And I'd had nothing for four weeks. And you can, you can do so much practice at home. You can do so much using all the apps under the sun. You can do so much going on knacker and everybody hitting 180s against you. But but it's not the real game situation. So they, they were rather more fortunate in being able to do that. Then just looking forward to the rest of this year's stop, there's obviously, you mentioned there, outside the PDC, there's a lot going on in the amateur game. We would be seniors, ADC, WDF, Super Series. What's your plans for the next seven months before year end my plan is to try and try and play as much as i can you know i didn't like the down periods last year so to try and play as much as i can to, to as good a standards as i can and that is to try and then i'm going to be doing the, the seniors i love doing the seniors it's lovely to to renew old rivalries and uh i i've absolutely loved i've you know as we said earlier i have had the success i'd hoped for but the, the playing conditions are very different. We're going back to, you know, the PDC is set up. If you can't play your best day, you can't play anywhere. The seniors is getting there. 
you know, the Challenge Tour is very similar to the PDC. So there are very, very sort of varying levels of how we're playing. And, and, and uh, it's just getting used to it all again, to be honest. It's just getting used to it. It's not an issue. It's not a problem. It's the same for everybody. But it's just getting used to having that guy stood alongside you that you haven't had for three years and had to have for three years. So mentally, it's slightly different. So that's something I've got to get back used to. And I've just got to be given the time to get back used to it, really. Because I know I will fly there. There's no two ways about it. We know there was another pride moment in your career that recently happened. You put that beloved England shirt on again. Did you ever think that opportunity would be there again for you? And two, was it different going back in as a former captain? Well, here we go. Two good ones. Right. Firstly, I, I had when I was at the Pro Tours, I'd spoken to Scott Waits and Ross Montgomery, actually, who we, who we sat with, and I told them both that I don't think I would ever go back to play for England because I felt that, you know, that part of my darting career had gone. But obviously I continued to play county. So when my county came to me sort of like in January and I just lost my tour card and, um, you know, they said, well, you know, you've actually done enough. You've done enough to be considered, to be selected. You, you know, do you want us to put you forward? And I kind of said, you know what? Yeah, I, will, you know, I was low on my luck. I was thinking... What used to make me tick? What used to make me, what used to make the hair stand up on the back of my neck? And, and putting that England shirt on is the highest. For, for an old guy like me, Dart started in a pub. You played in a pub team. It wasn't such a big individual sport that it is these days. So you get guys playing in, you know, JDC and youth stuff and everything as an individual now and, and going on in that direction. But for me, you know, it was the team game and the individual stuff was kind of second. So so to represent England and reach the highest pinnacle of your team darting career, it doesn't get higher than that. So to reach it for a second time, it's kind of helped me come out of the, the lull, if I'm honest. And, and then going back a couple of weeks ago, it's very difficult because... The teams that I played in were I was the minnow kind of thing. I was the unheard of, and and it was it was Scott Waits, it was Martin Adams, it was Daryl Fit, and it was Tony O'Shea. It was uh, Chizzy was there for a game, um, you know. And I could go on and on. The list is endless because they're, they're household names. But going back, I, I forget that I'm the household name now, and the other guys are the new guys that are, are coming through, you know. So I really enjoyed knowing the knowledge that I had before I played because I didn't feel like the new boy. It felt like I was just putting an old pair of shoes on, you know, it just felt comfortable. Um, probably the person that it was most difficult for was, was James Hurrell, who he's always called me skipper forever in his life. And, and I'm, I was his England captain and, and now he's mine. And, and I know that's very difficult because I had Martin Adams come back when I was the captain. And uh, I, I went to Martin and was asking him for advice. And he, and he, and he said, now, you've got to get on with it, kid. I've had my go. You, you you get on with it, son. Whatever you do is right. And I think we've got to get James around to that attitude as well, really, and, and, and use me as a bonus rather than as a keep looking up to me as, as the skip that, that he had. So, But I did love every minute of it. Won both my games. Uh, enjoyed it immensely. And, uh, yeah, it, um, I think I'm going to get to wear it again in June. So... I'm very, very pleased to be going to the to, to Belfast and the Six Nations. We've got some questions for you from the chat room as well. 
So we've got. Can I answer some of them first? Yes, I can walk faster. No, I'm not that slow. <laughs> yes, I do have a farm. Still have that's, a tractor. That's question time, Alvin. We've then started to choose. Yeah, time. sorry. That's <laughs> all I'm <laughs> Who was your favourite darts player growing up? I had two. I had two, and I think uh, uh, Bobby George was the one who I just felt the, his flamboyance as a ten, nine, ten-year-old kid when I saw him in a world final. And Eric giving him a load, and, and I, I felt for him, you know, he looked flashy. But I thought if I ever did it, I'd like to have something that stood out, and I don't want to be the one that's wearing black. I want to stand out in the crowd, which is kind of what happened. And uh, the other one was Bob Anderson, because Bob Anderson was born in Winchester, and he's a Hampshireman uh, just over the border. And in fact, I was Boscombe, where I was born, was actually in Hampshire till they moved the border. So for a hell of a time, I classed myself as a Hampshireman. And so he was our. He was my local hero, really. And Bob Anderson was just so determined with every dart and every, and I, and I wanted to combine that determination with the flamboyancy of Bobby, if I could. And that that was from a very young age. They were they were my two favourites by a long shot. I like that. Um, not one here. Will we see you back at Lakeside? Um, I have yet to return to a WDF tournament, uh, mainly because I haven't had the time. More than anything, it's not because I don't want to. I'm sure that I can go back there and see some friends that I haven't seen for a long time as well. But um, at the moment, it's a, it's a little time-restrictive thing. And um, Lakeside, I would love to go back there. I'm not going to lie to you. I would love to go back there. Um, now you've mentioned it, I can I can smell the place already. But um, <laughs> <That's a good> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it just has this – it just has this – this part in dart in history, and, and and if you walk into that place as a dart player and your hair doesn't stand up on the back of your neck, particularly one of my age, particularly one of my age is the problem. Um, then yeah, you know, it just it just hasn't it hasn't kind of worked, and I don't think there are that many places to to go for this year either. I'm not hundred percent sure on that. So um, for 2023, I, I, it, I'm not sure that unless I get a really spare weekend that, that I'll be doing any WDF yet this year. And kind of off that, it's like, do you miss the BDO? Yeah, of course. I'm not. I'm not going to lie to you. You know, we we had we had a great time um, at the BDO. I probably being there at the end and, and maybe the last four or five years, even to be honest. Um, I know I probably missed the better times of the BDO, but I think things like the the, the Finder Masters or the Zydedown Masters, they were. They were amazing tournaments to be part of for a weekend in Holland. They were, they were some of my favourite times too. So you know, you knew what you had with the BDO at the time, and you you were trying to qualify for the World Masters to get on telly through the rankings, that the Finder Masters and 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 or the, the Zydedown Masters and, and Lakeside and and for me as a working fella to get to get three sort of stabs at being on the telly, um, and that went on to be the Grand Slam as well by being in the top eight of the BDO for for a few years. I think I enjoyed sort of like the best of the end of it, really. But I was also there at the, at the end when it was kind of the worst of the end of it, really, as well. I'm, I've got something on that, and I'll come back to you after we've done some more questions. The other one uh, from John. What was your views on the seniors, champions and champions and the golden ticket? Obviously, I think he means, obviously, planning the qualifier to play the next day on TV because it's quite a unique format. I thought it was unique. I thought it was really good, actually. Um you know, it was it was very interesting to to do. It's something that I haven't done before, and uh, it it uh, I thought it had a great concept. It had a great selling value to it, and 
and there are a lot of people there trying to play in it. You know, it was uh, it was well attended. So, um, yeah, I thought it was a great idea. Um, and, and that whole weekend at Blackpool was quite was quite fun, actually. It was quite fun. And, and like I say, it was my first real proper one to go back to. So and we, we were talking about like the, 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 the PDC Pro Tours and the gaps between. I've probably been away more in the first three months of this year than I was away the last six months of last. So, um, yeah, and, and the seniors have been a big part of that. But I think, I hope the seniors can go from strength to strength. Obviously, everything has to start somewhere. And I'm hoping the numbers will will come along and, and join in. And, and, and even if it's just when the seniors tour is in their area, if we can get the tour to, to sort of spread a little bit evenly around the country, it would be great. But um, the seniors tour is a great idea. And uh, and I'm sure as you see people coming to 50 years old, they're going to jump on it and uh, it's going to go from strength to strength. I think Mr. Henderson had his birthday last weekend and made the big big bullseye birthday. So there's another one that could be coming on in the, in the very near future. So and I think that's what we're going to be looking out for now. I think we're going to be finding players of, of their age and era will be coming on it. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bob says, will you, be, will you be going back to Q School to try and win your card back? Absolutely. Like that. No more questions. No, nothing else to oh, say about that. I, like I want to get my card back. One from Pete and Helen. He's got, he's got not my question, so that's what I said from Helen. Um, if you draw Manly again in the seniors, will you wear blinkers and headphones? <laughs> in the players' room, Yes. <laughs> For four hours before, yes. Um, no, no, like I said earlier, I love playing Peter. Peter's always been a character and a friend. So, um, yeah, no, I, I, I'd love to play him again there. I really would. There's no way he'd hit that big shot again. No way. <laughs> he'd only get just the one leg when I messed it up. Um, which players have impressed you most at the Super Series? Do you know, there's there's been a few, actually. Um, uh, Owen last week I did I commentated on the week that he qualified and he made obviously finals week and uh, he played some super stuff even on Saturday night he is really a talent to to, to, to watch um, and obviously Luke Littler is phew, second to none really he's, he's just phenomenal we just gotta we just gotta do you, do you know what I hope for Luke and I, I look, and I think he's a special kid and as with Bo Greaves I just hope they don't succumb to the peer pressure that comes with being good at that age. You know, just, just let them be kind of kids as well as be really good dart players rather than trying to make them grow up too early. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think let's, let's let them keep enjoying the game, if I, if you know what I mean, rather than pile the pressure on them of, of, of big sponsorship deals and this, that and the other, which is going to come. There's no two ways about it if they're not there already. Uh, I don't know, but but I just I just want to let them I, I don't just let them develop at a, at a rate where they're not being overly pushed because I know the only person that you need to push you is yourself, and and so you need to be allowed to go at the pace that you're happy with to to try and to try and get on in the game. If you ask me, did you buy any of the BDO trophies? Did any of them tempt you on the online auction? Well, I was hoping one of his sponsors might have got me one. <laughs> but uh, no, I seem to have, my name must have been on the back page or something. Um, no, I, I no, I, I think if I would have, if I 
if I was going to bid on one, I didn't, so I didn't buy any of them. I didn't bid on one. If I was going to bid on one, I would have really loved to have had the, the BDO Gold Cup trophy because oh, having won that, and that one's been around for an awful long time and, and the history, and it's, and with that one, it's it's not the one that that all your big names would have been seen on it while they were big names. They were they were up and coming names when they were coming through the system, and for a lot of the people, they were winning that gold cup with the first things that they were winning. So that would have been a nice one to have them in because I won it that one year that I did. I would have I loved to have had that one, but it's gone elsewhere. I don't really know where it's gone. I've never been told. So, um, but there we go. That that would have been the one if I was going to bid on one. It would have been that one. The Joker is in the house. Mr. O'Shea says, evening, gentlemen. Nice to see Scotty. Top of the morning to you, bud. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know the answer to this, but I'll let Scott tell you. Are you doing some more commentary on the Super Series? Yes, tomorrow. <laughs> on Wednesday. Um, yes, I am. And, and then we've got, I think we've got some more sort of booked in, in uh, later, later on in a couple of months. So, um, you know, when the superstars can't make it, I come and have a go. So, and sometimes I even have to do it with Phil. I was going to say, sometimes you get the short, even shorter straw. <laughs> I get the shorter straw and the shorts straw. Why he comes in in his shorts? I won't, anyway, never mind. It's all good. Yeah, I, I, it's something that I really enjoy doing. And, and for me, where where we used to travel with the BDO and find these new and up and coming players and see them, like Dimitri, like I saw all those as as, as, as younger lads, as, as as kids and everything. Um, the Motor Series is starting to do that now. Obviously, you know, Luke being the higher profile one, but we've got like Moreno Blom on at the moment. Um, and he's he's like a 20-year-old who's a little bit older than Luke, but they're, they, they're not really getting that stage practice and presence anywhere else. So um, I'm looking forward to those sorts of people coming through. And, you know, there's there's some older guys there as well, you know, that are, that are getting a chance on stage that they probably haven't had before. Um, you know, we've seen Darren Johnson up there and, uh, you know, a few of those. And and, and I think I think the whole Motor Series is a great idea. And now we're going, it's, it's I say we, I'm carrying on like I own the series. Uh, now, we, uh, but when you're working on it, you feel part of it. It's, it's great. And now it's going more global with the oceanic region having players come over and we're having a European region and the ADC start to take off in Europe quite well. So um, we're going to see more of that. I think it's only going to, you know, we, we actually, I spoke to Edgar this morning when we were in comms. I said, can you see this first week, you know, being all travellers for, for the first three days? And, and we really can see that being ADC qualifiers from around the world. You know, they're going to come from all over. It's like this week, we've got one Englishman in the, in the first six in group in group A. So, you know, we've got an American, we've got an Australian, a couple of Dutch. So it, it's kind of, it's special. It's special. It's different to everything else that's out there at the minute. Obviously, you played in the amateur circuit for a long time. How impressed have you been with the start the ADC have made to their young tender as an organisation? It is young. It is, it, it, you're not going to get things right immediately. No new organisation does. It is just not possible to foresee some of the problems you have, even even like the UKDA with the county system, all the same problem. But I think that it's going in the right direction. I mean, we've got a uh, the, the vaults seem to be quite popular at midweek. You know, is it is that going to kill your local leagues? Because the better player from your local leagues are thinking, oh, I need to go and pay you know five six quid, whatever it is, seven quid to go and play in the vault. 
another chance of getting a few quid back from a night out of darts. And we've, we've got one down in my area down here. We've got one being played in Dorchester. There's one in Salisbury at the minute, uh, one in Blandford in Dorset. So there's, there's three within 40 minutes of my house that I could go and play in weekly. And I think that's going to be the secret to their growth growing. And then obviously that then goes to your area finals and stuff if you're in the top of the ranking. So I can only see it getting um, better, but it, it just depends on what each individual player wants from their darts. It's like we were saying earlier, you know, it was all team darts back in the day in the 80s. You start with team darts and now, you know, if, you, if you're wanting to make a slight return on the money that you're spending out on an evening, then, you know, the vault and the ADC is the way to go locally. Yeah. Last one before we let you go was what you touched on the Grand Slam. When you first went to the Grand Slam as a BDO player, the truth, what's it really like? Because we know back then the, the atmosphere was still a little bit hostile. It wasn't all, all, all roses. What, what was it like going there for the first time as a BDO player? It was lovely. <laughs> no, to be fair, I was. There were worse than four hours the time, I, the time I got there, I I felt I was treated pretty fairly, to be honest, and pretty well. There was there was obviously closed off areas for players to play. Uh, there was a couple of boards that were outside those closed off areas that I felt more comfortable on than being poked away from everybody and, and sat there on my own and highlighting the whole problems. I was used to being in a room full of 600 people <laughs> um, and, and, and then be, to, to then go and be put in a thing with five people. That, uh... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Practicing like Billy, I, 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 that just wasn't me. So I used to practice outside the area on the boards that they used to use there. So, But I, I found I felt that like I was pretty, pretty well treated. One, one player... One player probably when he when he when he beat me and he came back into the room, I think it was more released than anything, just pointed at me and said, He's an amateur. I am professional. That's why I just beat him. I professional, he amateur. And had a bit of a go in the in the back room when he came back in and I I just said, Oh, thank you. See <laughs> <laughs> in the next life. Uh, uh, Scotty, I've spoken to him since either, to be honest. That was a long time ago as well. I was, was I 17, 16, yeah, 15, 16, 17, I think I was in. So, yeah, that was a long time ago now. I still haven't spoken to him. 15, 16, 17. So, I'm going to rule out 18. So, it was someone in the first three years. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, Scotty, absolute pleasure to have you on the live land for the first time, mate. Massively appreciate you coming on. Um, I know you've been wanting to do it for a while. We've been trying to get the dates to work and finally it did. I've been wanting to do it because it's the only time I get on like telly these days. Look at the sponsors and everything. I, honestly, it's, I, I don't get the chance, guys. You know what I mean? I don't get the chance. So I it's love it. Thanks, thanks very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Not a problem. Bet, I'm, sure, I'm sure he's got another shirt with more sponsors on somewhere. If he went to an ad break, he'd come back on with a different one. No, I know, I know all the others aren't watching. I've just got to keep one happy. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Uh, it's Pleasure as always, mate. Thank you very much for coming on. Ah! Everyone, <laughs> Thanks. Mr. Scott Mitchell, we're going to grab a quick 30 second ad break and we'll be back on the other side of this. What a legend. That was great. That that flew by. A good chat. I like Scotty. Yeah. Um, he said I was in Reddit and he was telling... There's a question about in the chat room saying, is it true Scott bought a tractor and he won the BDO's World Tour? He did. Right? But <laughs> the way that he tells you how he spent his winnings and his tax man and all sorts, it, it's just hilarious. Uh, it was absolute pleasure to have Scotty Dog on. Um yeah, just so many stories. It was really, really good. Right, we're going to go back to the Euro Tour in Belgium this week. Again, we're not going to go through every game because we haven't got time. But off of this, it's thrown up plenty of scenarios. Um, the big one being Luke Humphreys getting to the final has made that race for that last England World Cup spot Slightly interesting, boys. I'm loving the um, World Cup race. Big fan. Big fan. Um, it's it's only yeah. there for a few nations, which makes it good. Yeah. Um, but looking at it, the gap between Rob Cross and Luke Humphreys is just a mere £3,500. I think they'll be better off for Luke. Right now, the form player is Luke. I, th I think as a pair, camaraderie, I think Smith and Humphreys are suited better. And that's nothing against Rob Cross because he's a fabulous player. But team dynamics, I think Humphreys and Smith are a better pairing. Yeah, look, Cross is far more experienced. He's been there before. He's done that. I just think the more explosive game, they're going to play at a better rhythm, which is in pairs only getting your partner back to the board in good time. Look, you can't control it 100%, but if you're playing with a slow player yourself as well, you'll, you'll, you take longer to get back to the board and get into it. And uh, Smith might be one of those that gets a little bit agitated at, at waiting around in pairs. I just think that there's so much confidence between those two right now, and I'm not convinced there is that confidence in Rob Cross. Yeah, yeah. I, agree. I, I, I agree 100%. I think Smith would much prefer Luke Humphreys. Um, and I think that partnership potentially goes in as 
as favourites, if not second. Um, I think it made it made some slunder with Luke over Rob just because of the partnership and the change this year of the format. Format change made it massive. Well, you could say the same about the Dutch. Look, it's unlikely Danny Knopper is going to get caught, but Michael and Dirk right now, in terms of the way they play, is better than Michael and Danny. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think that the format helps the lesser countries anyway, I think, the change. However, I think it has an even bigger impact when you have two contrasting styles and I think that, that will take account with the likes of MVG and Noppy instead of it being MVG and um, Dirk. Um, it'll the be end of the month. Is Rock in Prague this weekend? Yeah, Rock's, I'm sure Rock's seeded from all. If he goes and wins one of these... I think he's, he's going to have to win a Euro Tour. But it'll put it past him. Oh, look, he's playing well. Pete's learning quite quickly. He now understands rule one. You're so cynical, Pete. <laughs> uh, Pete. Pete gets rule one now. <laughs> um, but no, look, back to the Euro Tour. The, the atmosphere was electric, and they announced that next year there will be a second Euro Tour date in Belgium as well, which is, again, big strides. Is that taken yeah, from Germany? We're going to announce whatever the fuck we want, whenever we want, in silly little interviews and just letting stuff slip. No big press release. No letting the PDC do what they do. Just like, yeah, Sam, we're coming back next year. We're going to have a second one. All right. I, I, I like, well, Werner did it twice, didn't he? We're going to Switzerland next year. What's it replacing? Is it replacing one of Germany's? Yeah, they haven't said which one it's replacing, but they have said it will still only be thirteen next year. So one from this year's calendar is going. It's Germany. Dan yeah. said it on Twitter. Yeah, it's just which Absolutely. one. We don't expect to happen. He still expects it to be six in Germany next year. So just under half of the tour will be German. Yeah, which I, I'm not. A, I understand how well Germany has helped the other day in the toss. Europe, and I'm not saying that we should just now reduce them down to one and split it all round. However, the amount that's there is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, while we're on the World Cup, it will be Peter and Ando Craig. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, right now, Gary's playing better than Peter, Matthew. <laughs> right now, the World 22 is playing better than the World number three. <laughs> Not even up for debate. <laughs> no. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll come on to that in a second. Um, but a couple of question marks at the moment. Ross Smith, not really delivering on what we saw the back end of last year. On the Euro Tour, he was explosive. It's another early exit, losing to Martin Kleermacher. Um, the defending European champion in a, in a little bit of bother right now, boys. Yeah, very much so. There was... He put an awful lot of pressure on himself the back end of last year and started this one with that race, with that name being in contention. Yes, wasn't one of the top names, but in contention for the Prem and trying to, 
you know, change certain things to to that. That we have seen a drop off. Is it it's still? Do we still class it as a dip though in form instead of a? It's not really been extended that long that there's a huge concern over Ross Smith. Um, hopefully, it's just something that is playing into the year instead of that's as it being a complete drop off. Um, oh yeah, look, he's still got plenty to be going on with. Um, there was a few absolute belters in the first round. James Wade uh, losing to Raymond Van Barneveld. That's round one on the Euro Tour is crazy. Also, Gary Anderson, Christoph Ratajski in round one, boys. It's the standard is unreal. First round dames, these are first round dames in a. 48-man event is James Wade versus Barney. It's ridiculous. Oh, it's absolutely bonkers. Well, look, on, on Gary, as we've touched on it there, Gary Anderson getting to the quarterfinal on only his second Euro Tour in seven years, boys, and at times looks unreal. Yeah, play like a moron in the quarterfinal compared to what he had done in the rest of the tournament. Yeah, but he yeah, solid to get there. Yeah, oh yeah. The, 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 the games before that, he, he played like an arse against Van Gerwen. But again, that comes back to it's been a while since he's had to manage his preparation on a final day like that. Yeah, but he's doing any... The good thing about Darren Anderson right now is there any real surprise that he made the quarterfinal? The biggest surprise was he was knocked out last week in round one. The expectation is now be coming back. And it's it's if Dan Dalton continue to put the time in he is very, very strange to see him sort of getting one over on Ryan Searle, considering he's a, a huge factor in the the change of Darren Anderson's sort of form. Um disappointed to see it the performance then to MVG. However, it's certainly a step in the right direction and back to Darry Anderson having an expectation on his shoulders of them. Yeah. Um, and John, John's touched on it there and we were talking about this earlier. They are more important. Um, and speaking to um, players and the interview that we've dropped with Chris Murphy, he brings it up as well. And we touched on it last week that in a weekend where there's a Euro Tour qualifier... The Euro Tour qualifier is the most important one for these players now. Well, that's an issue. That's, that's a massive issue. <clears throat> it has to be. Because, again, we're talking about players not being able to earn a living from having a tour card. There's yeah. such a gap between these pro tours now to accommodate 13 Euro Tours, especially early on in the season, which is when players should be accumulating ranking points to get their shot at majors and setting themselves up with a tour card. Now there's a lot more pressure as the season goes on. There's bigger gaps. And yes, they have a chance to qualify for it. But how many players play on the Euro Tour? 48 out of your 128. Yeah. So eight, well, not even 48 of your 128 because you've got Home Nation and, and um, associate, associate members and whatever else. So even if you're saying 40 or over two thirds of your membership are not playing in that event, are not earning money. And this will, next week will be what? Three Euro Tours in a row? Yeah. That's a big time without darts for a lot of these players for a significant waiting. And again, it just feels like, and it, it will always be this way, that the PDC, and we know this, is built on being a business rather than a sport. And at some point, being a sport 
and having opportunities for everyone needs to come first. But this goes back to the point that we've said, the fact that there is no governing body of darts, that the PDC are effectively promoter and governing body all at the same time. Yeah, that, yeah. Is, that, that issue is not going to change. I think right. it's not. the best person who alluded to was Stop Mitchell Just. I know I mentioned it in one of his answers around if you'd have qualified for a couple of them in theory, he would have yeah. keep his start. And that's that's sort of the easy answer of how important the Euro Tour is. Because over two year two years spelling what he played in, he was a top sixty four player. Mm-hmm. He just didn't qualify for the Euro Tour, and that was the difference. Well John but, just said it here, he just said it's brutal to qualify. Sixteen seeds, hundred and twelve pros playing for twenty four places. I'm at home more often. And we see that with certain forms of players, and Stop Williams is one who was used. Like says Phil mentioned it in one of the tweets. I saw the same tweet the weekend. It's just mentioned that we just not seen them as often mm-hmm. um, because of the the Euro Tour. So I'm not sure the PDC want to change that because they don't have to change it, and the income that comes from the Euro Tours means they probably won't. That that gap's only going to increase further and further. It's an interesting one. Um, it it really is. Before we touch on the final, yet yeah, the, the Belgian fans were absolutely sensational. Um, we we sort of got to that point last year where we praised just how good they are, but they are the best crowd in darts right now, easily. Not, not just on the Euro Tour. That Belgian crowd is the best crowd in darts. It's better than Blackpool. They are very, very supportive of their home players. They do not boo when one of their players is against it, and they just create a good atmosphere. Yeah. That, uh, they are whatever of a Euro Tour, and, and half the major crowds should be looking up to right now is that Belgian crowd. And they just seem to get it, and I'm not sure there's a way to input that into other crowds. No, it's not. I still think it's too far gone, but as long as the Belgian crowd remain this way, they're just going to be such a positive. Well, yeah, because they haven't got a pissed up football mentality. Yeah. Um, what do we think of the way Dirk played with his damaged knee? I actually thought he did really well, considering you could see that he was in a lot of discomfort at times. A lot better than I thought he would. Yeah. Dude, and that's obviously not a criticism of him. Um, with an expectation, it's the fact that something like that, still not sure how bad the injury is, but um, for him to go as far as he did, surprised me a lot, especially the manner of his performances across the weekend. Yeah. Uh, how are we doing, Rob? Great result for you boys today. Um, yeah, so did I, did I did I get a picture ready for this? I can't remember if I did or not. Yes, I did. So, spoiler alert, he had to wait 12 months, but Michael Van Gerwen wins his 36th, yes, 36th Euro Tour title, boys. That is ridiculous. Yeah, they were talking at one point this weekend about players that haven't won a European Tour event, including Rob Cross, who's won the European Championship, but not 
European tour, etc. And it's just ridiculous. But then you look at how many Van Gerwen, Price, Wright have won between them and compared to, compared to how many just exist. It's staggering. Oh, it's, it is mental. Absolutely just ridiculous. It, it goes to show how how good of an achievement what Luton Humphrey's done last year. <laughs> the fact that it's taken MVG a year to win and one. Yes, obviously he's won a ridiculous amount and deserves all the plaudits for that, but just shows what an achievement that was from from Humphreys to go on and pick up that many in one year because they are so difficult to win. Especially that Sunday. That Sunday can be very brutal. As probably Anderson's the perfect person to to say how brutal that is now he's returned to that Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Um, I've got a couple of bits on the Euro Tour, which I'm going to touch on in a second. Um, but first of all, yeah, look, Andy Barton's was um, just sensational this weekend for a guy that, again, is in the mix of those, the best players not to have a tour card. He is certainly in that mix, the way he's playing right now. He's in the conversation. That's what I, was saying. I wouldn't say he's in but he's, he's in that mix. I, I don't think he's the answer, but he's certainly in the conversation. He's in the top five. Yes. Just out of interest, who is – which way around – I think I know you're one and two. Just which way around are you putting them? Do you? Well, if it's anything other than the two I think it is, you're wrong. Fairies in in the conversation. Yeah. The, the best in the world about a tour card is Luke Littler. Yeah, that's what they, that, that was one and two, which is the case of which way around you were having them. Yeah, it just is. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, you, you, you've got the right two. Um, yeah. um, on the Euro Tour, so interesting ones here. And I haven't got it up here, so you'll be able to tell me in a minute. So, Gellerin Price isn't in Prague this weekend. This is the last one that he misses when he dropped out of the top 16 of the Pro Tour Order of Merit. He comes back in for Sindelfingen. However, MVG has already pulled out of this one because they fly to New York the day after the Euro Tour. Oh, yay! The World Series is back! <laughs> but... No, my, 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 yay, my the point, Premier League's finished! Oh, fuck off! My, my point is, is that week, is those players are going to... Well, some of them are going to have to be in London on the Wednesday. So, <coughs> Wednesday, Thursday. Germany, if you do this, Germany, Friday, Saturday, Sunday... They've got to be in New York for media commitments on the Tuesday. Do we expect more to pull out? And can Gezi afford to pull out on the race? Being he fell, I know he's back up there, but the fact he fell out again, and it, like people made money on him this weekend and next weekend. I think he can. Yeah, right, I think he can. I, that, that's what I was asking because I haven't yeah. got the race up in front of me. That, that's why I was asking you the guys the question. The fact, he, the fact he was just outside it and then had the win jumped in significantly up. That I think he can, and I, 
I think I'm with you. I think more players will drop out. Does that that schedule's terrible? Price, yeah. I would expect to. We know MVGs. Yeah, I'd, I'd expect Smith. Those right. wins have put Getty Price currently seventh on the Pro Tour order of merit. Yeah, that, I, I didn't have it up in front of me. That's why I was asking the question: yeah. Could 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 he afford to yeah. miss it if he wanted to? Thirty-three grand buffer between sixteenth. Yeah, you're 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 fairly. Plus, you think how many below that? Yeah, yeah. Between them as well. Yeah, no. I think he can afford to miss one more, especially yeah, as no, you expect him and the ones he's going to return to yeah. to be well placed and, and go deep. So, yeah, yeah, that's that, that, that's why I was asking the, the the question. I've just loaded it up now as well as we speak. Before we box off this Euro tour, Gary Anderson is only twelve hundred quid off a of qualifying for the European Championships at the moment. Of course, you're looking at that. Just back, just back to that weekend event though. The one in one of them in Germany. How much of a detriment does it have on that tournament if you don't have MVG, Price, Smith? Even if it's just those three, it may also be a couple of others. But how much of a detriment does that have on that tournament? Right. So I've, I've got it up here. Potentially out of the top. Right. So MV, they've already taken out MVG because he's not entered. So Luke Humphreys going to New York is a big deal for him, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Do you think he plays? No. No. Going Price, does he play? No. Rob Cross back in the World Series, does he play? Potentially. Don't know. The, the, the thing you've got to consider is the flight times, if they're already in London, the ones that are in the Premier League, they're going to fly straight out of Heathrow and go to America. I would say so. Yeah, I, I don't get why you'd go anywhere else. You'd go straight from Premier League finals night Thursday, maybe stay in a hotel, and you'd fly from Heathrow and get there. Give yourself 48 hours to get over the jet lag. You got to be there for media commitments on a Tuesday. You might drive home and drive back again, but for one day at home, I'm not sure it's worth it. Yeah, yeah. On Friday morning, be there Friday <coughs> midday, do some sightseeing over the weekend, and just get settled. Take the family, maybe, for those that didn't get a chance to go last year. Yeah, yeah. It's just an interesting one and, and and balance. Right, we've already spoken about this lad a little bit, but we're going to go into it now. This young man at the weekend picked up £20,000 by winning Series 3 of the Modus Super Series. And he didn't just win it, boys. He won it in some style. The performances were just sensational. Yeah, the... We talked especially about young players, the potential of certain players. At the moment, he's achieving ridiculous numbers. If we was talking about Luke Littler of a 40-year-old, we'd say he's producing some magical stuff, never mind him being a 16-year-old. The, the performances, the the showmanship at times on Saturday nights, just everything around his game on Saturday was just great to watch. Uh, as, a viewer, as a viewer, it was just unbelievable to see. For the people who were lucky enough to be there, they got to witness some great sort of exhibition moments in what was the biggest night of his very, very young career. It was just all round great to see. And yes, there's going to be more pressure. Yes, there's going to be that. But I think right now it's just let's just sit back and enjoy the performances from Luke Littler. At one point, he hit four bullseyes in six darts. 
<laughs> he went 120, he went 20 ball, ball, and then he went ball 18 ball, I think it was. Even like the, the two darts in the treble 20 and just sort of, no, dead on my side. And then Ed plumbing in that third dart. Yes, there's a target there with the two darts, but you couldn't have placed that better. Well, th there's two things in darts I get apprehensive about talking about. One is players who are having difficulty with their actions or, or dartitis or attributing that to anything. And the other one is hyping up players under the age of 21, etc. Because we've seen so many come through or be labelled that the next big thing, they're going to win a world championship, etc. And by 1920, they've lost interest. They're not competing at the level they were. They haven't transitioned to the men's game with the same level that they produced at youth level. But Luke's already doing that. There is so much confidence and belief in him. He is so mature beyond his years as well at 16. Handles interviews pretty well for someone that isn't comfortable in that environment. He was on the show a couple of weeks ago and said that it's not really his thing, but he's getting used to it and he will get better at it and more natural and people will always find their stars with it. But in terms of raw ability in an era where it's never been so competitive at any level of darts, from, from amateur upwards, there's so many avenues, and he is mopping up at all of them. He made a men's world championship at the age of 15. He just won Champions Week in the most difficult amateur competition in the world right now and made it his playground. Yeah, well, I've just gone back and looked. So the four games that he played on Saturday night, he's averaged 98 a ton, 98-98 on TV. For 20 grand. For 20, for playing for 20 grand. And he's put in those averages. In a Champions Week against the quality of field that was there. After winning Group A as well, by the way, which are the top five players alongside him that won their finals with the best averages. Yeah. With, with the pressure and expectation that's now thrown on his shoulders, with him being the name that everyone was expecting to do that, he was favourite going into the night. It was just... We talked about, like says, we don't want to hope someone up too much. However, the, the pressure that was there in the early signs are looking very, very promising for Luke and very dangerous for everyone else who plays this sport. Well, we'll touch on this in a minute. We did, an, did this real extended sit-down with Murph, um, which is on our YouTube channel now. It's a really good listen. And we spoke about this. I'm going to play the clip and then we can talk about it um, as well. Um, I have said on commentary during this week that I can't I'm, I'm always sort of reticent to pile pressure on a young player but with Luke I can't find a doubt I'm like, I really can't find one I think is the most exciting teenage talent since the emergence of Michael Van Gerwen I was going to ask you about that and you kind of covered it there are we looking at a generational talent here, do you think, even at this young age? Yeah, we don't know what's going to happen. And there are things, you know, still growing and life changes that happen when you move into adulthood and all that kind of thing. So we don't know what will happen with him physically, mentally, all that. But if he carries on on the trajectory that he is, or even just stays as good as he is, He's good enough to win things. Um, and he's played for long enough in the WDF system with the men 
Um, he must be horrible to be a man or a woman on the WDF at the moment because you've got Bo Greaves and Luke Little winning the boys and girls titles and the men's and the women's titles over the last few years. But yeah, I, I can't see, I haven't seen a, a player who has got the full package so young like Luke Little has. We've seen really exciting talents, but adding the maturity. Um, you, you feel like you're watching a 25-year-old, not a 16-year-old. Do you feel that we are potentially seeing a generational talent here in Luke Littler? I don't think there's any other way of describing it. It is quite ridiculous. And it is, Maz Mercer there, it's the closest thing to Michael Van Gogh at that age I've ever seen. Even, even in the past 10, 15 years, when we've had youth talents coming through the, the standout one or the most notable one that was in a similar position for me is Justin Van Der Gaal. Yeah. He was hyped ridiculously early, went to the lakeside, picked up youth titles, etc. His transition wasn't what everybody expected. He struggled on the development tour, but he also did not have this impact in the men's game at the age. He was right. you, you can dominate JDC events and whatever, which are getting even more difficult to do, by the way, right now. That JDC Advanced Tour is scarily good. You walk that... If you took their top five players into your local league, they would win. They're, they're that good. They are... That, that top five JDC players, and even some of their top 16, you could pick five of them randomly, and most of them would walk into your local league and they would win it. They're that good. And Van Tegel was was good before that was massively a system and just the level that Luke's achieving is so much higher than what Justin was doing week in, week out, comfortably against men. He fears no one. We saw him take Rich Airhouse out of the UK Open, needing two legs on the spin to do it in that environment. First game, main stage. We knew exactly where he'd be. He even told us the other week, as I was listening to you guys, you're like, yeah, I know where I was going to be. Like, <laughs> it's just something he's got to deal with. Walks up. Slaps up a season pro who's nearly 50, 6-0. And, and that's the thing, that over the next, over the next Tommy months, years, those expectations are gonna grow. There's there's going to be question marks. There is about every player who plays the sport. However, at the moment, whatever is being thrown at him, whether it be being favourite in a super series champions week or Playing the first game on the on the minor stage, Utah Open, whatever's been thrown at him in the minute, he's he's answering it and answering it pretty clearly with everything that's coming his way. They're just going to come more and more. His names, obviously, he was a from a darting world. You clearly know who he is, but he's going to start becoming a household name very quickly if he keeps performing the way he is. And it's not just the level of performance. The the biggest highlight of Saturday night was. His lowest average being 98 in what was the biggest night of his dieting three so far. 98 average with that pressure and how he's performing throughout. It's just, it, it is ridiculous. Well, there'll be, <laughs> there'll be some pros looking on and hoping that Luke Littler is not in the Grand Slam of darts this year. Because they will not want to be... Look, we all know that dark players are full of pride. And look, whether we like it or not, they won't admit it. 
but there is still a stigma around when they play the ladies that they don't want to lose to Fallon, Lisa, Bo, Makura, whoever it is. Right? They, they, they don't want to. You can see it in their eyes. And it'll be the same situation with this, that if Luke tops the Dev Tour Order of Merit and gets that place in the Grand Slam, there will be established pros that will not want the boy in their group. Is it just me, or is it a possibility of a group being Luke Humphreys, Josh Rock, Bo Greaves, Luke Littler? It depends on how they do the seedings, doesn't it? Because there was a lot of uproar last year about pot four. So it depends how they do it is the answer. I'm not sure how much I'd want to see of that. Does I want to see these double up with entry season pros, some of these? No, I want to, I want to see those four go at each other. No, I, I want, want to know any glimpse of what the future looks like. I want to see them mixed in with the season pros, 100%. If they're qualified. I don't think it can happen because Josh Rock will be in pot four. Why would he? Didn't the, wasn't the World Youth Champion in Pot 4 last year? I don't know. Don't they do it off World Rankings? That's what I thought. So it depends how many between Rock and above qualify between now and then, including how high Rock climbs. Um, I didn't think it mattered what your qualification route was. They just did it in order of World Rankings. So, Ted Everts was World Youth Champion last year, wasn't he? Yeah, but he was also ranked (coughs) 90-something. Don't know. It'll be interesting. But, yeah, Yeah. look, potentially it could could happen. It could be unreal. Um, But, yeah, look, the, the Super Series, it was outstanding. The atmosphere... Was electric, um, just a damn good night of darts, wasn't there? Very, very enjoyable. And let's be honest, we build up for thirteen weeks for a champions week to deliver, and it, it delivered on its. It set a precedent for what every champions week should have. And yes, we can't have loads of little in all of them, or potentially we can for the time being. We can't for it. It set the precedent for what the rest of them should be like. Look, there's no doubt that that boy is going to be on tour next year. In some way. If he doesn't, there's something gone massively wrong. Well, I also I, think we need to talk Jacob Taylor a bit here, by the way, because to make that final in that crowd, I don't think... A bit of a late call-up as well, wasn't he, given the fact it was... Uh, Lucas Vainick. Vainick didn't play. So he's travelled from Canada to play on a Thursday group to then make the finals night... Yeah. To then make that final, that's another plus for just how strong that CDC is. It has I, to I, I'm with you 100% there. And Owen Bates as well. That Again, the, the, the game is in a good place for, for everyone right now. You just look at the players that don't have tour cards. It's just exciting, isn't it? Yeah. 113 average. Yeah. Um, just mind blowing to, to yeah. be fair that these kids and they are kids 
are, are doing stuff like that. It was funny watching Owen Bates in the Friday afternoon group when he was watching Steve West against Justin Hood, not knowing if, because his girlfriend was coming to the final or she was coming down to pick him up to take him to Milton Keynes. Yeah. And he was marching up and down, not knowing what was going on. It was it was hilarious. Um, right. Again, we're not going to get bogged down by this chat room as well. We're going to go quick and we're going to go hard on this bit. But night 15 does go to the Utilita Arena in Sheffield. The Steel City is the next venue. It could all be done, as we said earlier. However... We'll do our predictions as always. First up, Aspinall against Price. Where are we going? Price. Asp. Price. Dobie versus Wright. Dobie. Dobie. Wright. Van Gerwen. Smith. Smith. MVG. MVG. Oh, friend. <laughs> Black. Black. Uh, Clayton against Dimitri. Johnny gets revenge for week one. Mm, Johnny. Johnny. I also knew it's week one because it's our thumbnail on the full up. So, from your predictions, I want your winner. And your runner-up, please, gentlemen. And chat room as well. I like this. They've just gone absolutely berserk in the chat room, which is what we like. Smith beats Price. <clears throat> Clayton beats Aspinall. Ooh, tasty. Yeah, why not? Um, Price beats Van Gerwen. Sure. Cool friends. <laughs> um, Same friends they are, Dob. We also had some challenge tour action this weekend as well, boys. Uh, 10, 11, 12, 13, and 14. We're not going to go through it all. Uh, You'll be surprised to know. 10 was won by Barry Van Pier. Bringing a weekend. Um, look, he's just unreal, isn't he? Um, for me, Barry Van Pier's current form is important for a couple of people, not just Barry Van Pier. And they are Nathan Aspinall and Glenn Doran. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I'd go with that. Um, Challenge Tour 11. Where this has come from, I've got no idea. Because with the greatest of respects, every time I've seen him recently, whether that was at the Super Series or the Seniors, Wayne Jones has been awful. Qualified for a seniors TV event last year. I made a semi final of a qualifier this year. But you look at his numbers; they were they weren't great. 
They're just steady. The man knows how to win. Wayne, Wayne Jones, the tour card holder, was never 110 plus average. He was always battle you out, and he, he still got that level in him. He was a lower run to James Wade, is what is probably a way of describing Wayne Jones as a tour card holder. Man's local to you. He will hunt you down if you call him. Oh, <laughs> but is he not? Is he, that's, that's my favourite quote this year. Is he, is he not? Uh, look, that, that's always the comparison, isn't it? If you're not a heavy scorer, but you find ways to win, that's always the player you're going to look up to and go, right, you're, you're a worse-off version of him. You're not a Smith or a Van Gerwen or whoever who've got the flamboyance and the scoring and the Gary Anderson. If it's a, if you're making the most out of your ability without ever being the best player in the room, you are a version of James Wade. James Wade from Wish. Alibaba Express, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, challenge Tour 11, Barry Van Pier added his second. Uh, Matty Dennant getting to a semi-final um, as well. That was that one. Players, um, players, um, Challenge Tour 13. Barry Van Pier beating Scott Mitchell in that final. Uh, Yella Klassen made the dash up from Portsmouth to Milton Keynes getting to a semi-final as well. And then in Challenge Tour 14, it was won by Conan Whitehead. Conan Whitewash, you mean? Yeah. Um, looking ahead, Women's Series back this week. Bob says, are you working this weekend, Bob? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we decide if we're doing a Monday show on a bank holiday like 40 hours before. That, that's me realising I'm working this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, the Women's Series return, it came out over the weekend. One big blow for this block, Mankura Suzuki will not be making the trip to the UK because she's got soft tip in Japan, boys. That, that's That's a blow. It's a blow for the women's series that there is still events that can tempt players away, such as that. In terms of the race for Blackpool and beyond... Oh, she's in Blackpool. Don't worry about that. That's She, she is, but it means there's more... Look, she has been one of the stand-up players this year in terms of making finals and, and competing. Her absence means that that race below gets that little bit more interesting for Fallon and for Lisa and for those in the chasing pack who perhaps haven't performed how we expect them to so far this year. Bo Greaves and Makura Suzuki have comfortably been the standout performers on the Women's Series this year. Oh, completely. And if and if 18 months ago you'd have turned around and said, Fallon and Lisa are not nowhere near, but they aren't the top two outright and they haven't won an event between maybe more than that now. We, you'd have been laughed out the room. Oh yeah, completely. Uh, but the, the impact, it, the impact it probably has more is on the race for world championship than it does on match play. But I wouldn't expect it to be in there anyway. Well, that's the women's. Where's the match play? Oh, the, the, the match play. She's done. She's there. She, she's not getting caught. She's on seven thousand three hundred. Comfortably not getting caught. 
Fats. Is it just Matera missing? We don't. We haven't seen the list, but that only came out because uh, Makuru put it on her own Twitter that she wasn't coming. So the, the, the list actually isn't out yet, but Makuru let it slip herself. Um, it's a good question. Jerry says, if Lisa doesn't go deep in any of these events, is it worrying times? Uh Not for the match play. I don't, look, I know she's she's third at the moment, so I, I don't think it's a concern for the match play. But potentially for the race for the world, she's at least only tenth at the moment, boys. Still a lot of events to go before the world. Yeah, but if I guess from, from Jamie's question, if she doesn't, if she go deep in these, another four yeah. event tick, ticks off. Look, yeah. we know Lisa's talent and class is just there for all to see. But right now, the Lancashire Rose does have a little bit of work to do. The, the fact, the fact, it that... wouldn't be not going deep that would be a concern. It depends who beats her in not letting her go deep. If the draw isn't kind, then she runs into Bo twice and Fallon and, I don't know, Rihanna Sullivan or Lorraine Wynn Stanley in the last 64 constantly, would I be concerned? Probably not. But not not as not as concerned. There is still a concern that Lisa Ashton was by far the best women <laughs> in the world for three to five years and was an unstoppable force. And that level just doesn't seem to be there at the minute or that doesn't seem to be able to be called up when she needs it as much if she's beaten by players ranked 40 and below in 60 mid 60 averages and, and being drawn into those matches and beaten early on big concern well look outside of the usual suspect it's a huge weekend for Rihanna Sullivan Kim Holden Robin Byrne Noeline Van Leuden in and that in and around that area it's a huge weekend for those players because after the first block of women's series, they put themselves in fabulous positions. If they can build on that, they're in really good spots here. Yeah, we took. We talked about the game away from the PDC, generally, and the opportunities there. But from a women's perspective, right now, all focus is just on match play, because that is their big TV event of the year in any organisation. So the focus has just got to be on that in that qualification. So it's such a big weekend, especially how relentless these blots, Tom, the, the blot of four, you can't afford to have a bad weekend. Yes, you can have an off event, but recovery's got to be there. And the fact they've had a very good start just means they've got to continue that on. And like I says, I'm with Dob. I think the, the Maturu not playing in it Will Thomas do the light to all of them? Because they know they can't run into him in round one or round two. However, it does heap a little bit more pressure on. Yeah. Um, uh, no, she's not dark green. Yeah, she should be on the race for the match play, but she isn't. Um, yeah. Um, Eastern Hound currently isn't on the order of merit list because she hasn't played this year because obviously that's cyclical yeah. January to December whereas she's on the world match play race because she played an event last year yeah 
Um, I don't know is the honest answer, Jamie. My gut reaction would be probably not because they're all playing in that soft tip event would be my initial <coughs> thought. Would be a shame though. Oh, completely. Um, uh, well, there, there are talks of doing a women's week, Dave. Um, so watch this space. Um, get your questions in as well. We'll, we'll open up the chat room for question time. Um, the Welsh Open happened this weekend. I'm not going to lie, I didn't see any of the stream because we were on the Euro Tour and Super Series stuff. Obviously saw the results and everything like that, but didn't see any of the action. Yes. Um, well, I know Bo did the double in both. Not really a surprise. Actually just hoovers up ranking points. Including one performance against Lisa, which averaged 113. Yeah, I stand then. Seven minutes. <laughs> Two rounds before that, average 107. Yeah. Not too bad. Um, but in the men's, Martin Turner, I believe one. Yeah, Martin Turner picked up the... That's two titles now in six months for Martin Turner. Yeah. Who has been close a couple of times as well to qualifying for seniors events. I don't think that debut will be too far away if he keeps playing the way he is elsewhere. No, he's playing well. But there is also conversation that there's a lot of players at the top of that ranking. You look at Alson and McGarry and Darren Johnson and, and Jim McEwen and, and God knows who else at the top of that. It's tough. <laughs> Mike Huntley, Mark McGinney, Scott Mitchell, Mark Dubbridge. Yeah. Uh, John, we, we all know the answer to that. Uh, saying it. Shut up. No one drinks in darts, John. What are you talking about? Just a few specials. Yeah. Um, time. Look, he dropped a very cryptic message as we spoke about. Next block of Pro Tours is coming up. I'm interested to see if his name's on that list. It's becoming a worry the more it goes on. Yeah. And more of a more of a worry that he's missing qualifiers, as we well know. Yes, he's not there adding any prize money, but he's not done to you. He's not having the opportunity to qualify for Euro Tours. I think it is a worry, and it isn't because we know just how good he is. That if you give him a year to go after his card, I think he's got it in him. He's got it in him, but it's, this, uh, it's, this, this it's a huge year, amount of pressure after yeah. having a time away from the Dane, having a thumbback, being successful in that thumbback in a very short window at Tuesday, to then have a 
a year away from the Dame. And when I say from the Dame, in the public eye, not. I'm sure he's playing um, at home and in local, potentially, but not playing the competitive nature is what the rest is. This isn't someone who's going on to the Challenger or Dev Tour as good as they are. This is going straight into first round Pro Tour Dames and then potentially MVG, Luke Humphries, you know, to name them all. But it's just a lot of pressure. Yeah, uh, yeah, com- completely. No, see, I, I, I think Corey has it in him to keep it in one year only because we've seen that level from him before. Don't think Perez does. Yeah, I, I agree that. Yeah, I, I don't think Perez can do it in one year. Um. Yeah. Um. It'll be interesting to to see. So there's some bit, there's big big time coming up at the moment in there. Yes. Is is the thing? There's that there's there's some big 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 races, some big twists, some big turns coming up at the moment because the match play is now firmly on the horizon. Um, More importantly, the Premier League is done by the end of the month. World Series is back. Delayed darts. I get your thing on this, but the first World Series event is huge for the sport. Because of where we're going. We've had to. If they want to break America, it's huge. It's not the first one, though, but I get your point. It's not the Madison Square Garden, it's, it's the territory they're in. No, we've had two this year. You said the first one, the next one. Those two, two at the start of the year don't count. They were just cash jobs that, no one, really, that no one really wanted to play in. Correct. The first proper World Series event. Um. Does Phil play anything else other than the seniors? Uh, not that we're aware of. And maybe Gobby needs to. Yes. Post-hip surgery, of course. Yeah, yeah. Once, once that's done and dusted, I, I think he needs to. Yeah. Um. So, Leo, look, this is a bit of a double-edged one here. So, because of where they come from in the world... They obviously need a visa to get in and work and play. Now, you can't apply for the sports visa until you've won your card because you're not classed as a professional until you've got that card. So if, if they haven't got it, they can't apply for it is the, is the problem. And as the late, great Kyle Anderson found out, God, wasn't it, that he had that issue that you can't apply for these visas until you've got that card and that status yeah, is is the thing. So, um, yeah, it, it's it, it's one of those. To be fair, I'm actually looking forward to the North American Championship as well in America because obviously we didn't know it at the time, but last year Leonard got his spot at the Slam. 
for winning that. Yeah. So it's, it's a it's a it's a huge weekend. Full stop. Um, is Gary safe for the match play yet, Gob? <laughs> Don't care. Oh, you've changed. Normally, you no 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 one's safe yet. Where is he? <laughs> no. Yeah. He's safe. No. It doesn't pick up any more prize money, you don't win yourself. No. He's safe. No. That that would be quite funny. Imagine turning up to a to a vault in Stoke and the powers there. Imagine they're all there. Imagine they're all there. Eddie Lewis, sack his card off. I'll go again. Uh this is something that's been spoken about for a while. That I think this should come and arguably has to. That 65 to 128 are allowed to play in other things. Yeah, but what are you going to allow them to play in? Whatever they want. I, I don't think you'll get it. I don't think the other organisations have. It's always been an easy win for other organisations to not have to turn around and say, we don't want you, you're too good. The Super Series would take them. As an invitation, yeah. As a player that went to vaults, picked up vaults, won locally at a thing, I'm not sure through the ADC route because that's not what they're there for. It's not, but do we honestly believe... That sixty-five to one two eight are professional players. I know they're classed as them because they've got that card, but are they really? Yes and no, and I think that's the problem. It's perceptions, isn't it? Because all it takes is enough of those competing in those events say, "Well, we're not doing it." That actually you lose your competition, and look, it's not unheard of. My local league from back home has a rule where you're only allowed one county player per team. You're not allowed two or more. That's just bollocks. Exactly. But it's always been there and they won't change it because they're worried about bringing in ringers for one-off games or a super team coming and winning the trophy. Grow up. Yeah, that, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of in my yeah. life. And it, it, it's re, it, it, wasn't a, it wasn't an issue for so long and it became an issue again in the last couple of years for one team. And they're just like, well, we just won't play then. We just want to go out and play with our friends. It's not our fault. They became a county player at that point. Yeah, I I I think the the the, the sixty five to one to eight. I I think there needs to be two contracts within the PDC. The contract is if you're in the top sixty four is different to if you're sixty five to one to eight. Well, just... logically, if you're not British, you do have that. You can go and play in affiliated PDC events. First year tour card holders outside the top 64, if you're an American, can go and play in the CDC event. Yeah, but second year you couldn't. No. But I, I think that there has uh, to be. Second year until, no, it's first year no matter what ranking you are, second year outside the top 64. Yeah. yeah. So technically, but again, everybody but the Brits have that opportunity. But again, that, that, those events are so far apart. If you're yeah. a player, as Scotty said there, you want to be playing all the time and need to be playing all the time as well. 
As, as John's just said there, when was the last time we had a pro tour? I don't know. what So, the last pro tour we had... March the 19th. Nope, sorry, my lie. April, April 15th. And there's not another pro tour... Until the 20th of May. That's over a month. For those players. Not getting any good. Competitive darts. To keep themselves ready. To improve themselves. That's not good enough. I agree. Don't disagree. Yeah. Um, look, we're, we're, we're into Fergie time. So... We are going to, to wrap up. Really, really loved tonight's show. Scotty Mitchell was an absolute pleasure to have on. Um, we're going to try and work out who we're going to try and get next week. Um, but it was um, that was great to have him on. Chat room, you have all been absolutely superb. Um, really enjoyed it. Um, plenty coming up. Uh, I'm actually missing a live lounge at the end of the month. Up. What's that? Operation. Yeah, I'm going. I, I, I'm going to New York for a hair job. <clears throat> we'll, we'll, oh, create, we'll create a better rumor between now and then, Lee. One hundred percent. I don't yeah, know I'm, why you. I don't know why you think he can create his own rumor. That's, yeah, that's but unlike, unlike you two, I won't care. Mm. I just embrace it. Mate, right. oh, I've got it. I know exactly what it is. Hey. Oh, we can't be there until close to the time. Hey, you, you see you see the things I get called on Twitter. I, I couldn't give a fuck. Yeah. That's, <laughs> the route, that's the route we're going down. I've got it. <laughs> um, well, to be fair, I might, I might upgrade and see what the old virgin internet is like and pop into the show and say hello. No offence. No. <laughs> I don't want you. Yeah, but you think <laughs> I'm the controls to get my laptop out and to log myself in. <laughs> we... Don't want you. We we can easily do stuff like um, this time we up, and it happens yeah. very easy. Wait, watch you. our numbers that week as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but everyone in the he chat room, Hendo, he thinks there's no Hendo, no party. <laughs> <laughs> um, but everyone, massively appreciate your support. We have been online darts. This has been the live land. We will return next week. For your viewing pleasure. That is us signing out, and we'll see you all very, very soon. Bye.